Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, it's the post-game podcast from the Wolves lost the New Orleans Pelicans on Monday night. We'll break down what happened to the Antlers Timberwolves. Uh, the offense continues to struggle with New Anthony Edwards. A strong first half for Cat, not so much in the second. We'll also talk about all of the foul, fouling issues that happened for the Wolves defensively, that massive free throw differential, and overall what the biggest problems were and, and the biggest takeaways from this one. It's all upcoming. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Um, it's been a while since we've had a Wolves loss, and that's that's what that's what we're talking about today. It's the post-game pod. We'll break down what happened. My key takeaways from the game. We'll do individual studs and duds. All of that is upcoming here on the show. First of all, though, a big thank you off the top for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And of course, on YouTube, and you can follow an X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right. Wolves' six game winning streak was snapped by the New Orleans Pelicans on Monday night in New Orleans. And of course, as we talked about on Monday's show, the first two times the Wolves played the Pels, there was no Zion Williamson for New Orleans. There was no CJ McCollum for the Pelicans. And in this game, they both played. The Wolves were without Anthony Edwards. They did get Jaden McDaniels back, although he appeared to be on some sort of a minutes restriction and came off the bench. Jordan McLaughlin was back and available and actually played. We'll talk a bit more about that. He played eight minutes off the bench in this one. Um, so obviously the Wolves, after having the the health advantage, if you will, the first two times around against New Orleans and winning one game handily, the other game a close, you know, late, strong, you know, uh, heroic performances from Cat late in that win and also Jaden McDaniels defensively. This game, the Wolves had the 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 tough side of that ledger. Also, um, the Pelicans got back um, uh, Alvarado, Jose Alvarado as well. Um, and he played 15 minutes off the bench, was uh, not effective. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, what am I? Well, no, I'm not going to go there. Um, I don't enjoy watching Jose Alvarado play. I'll just, I'll just leave it there. Um, so the wolves, the wolves had the rest or not the rest disadvantage, the health disadvantage in this game, um, and it was going to be a tough task. And, and frankly, like the wolves ended up losing by fourteen, and we can gripe about you know the fact they gave up one hundred twenty one points or the fact that the offense had no flow, and we're going to cover all that on the show. But uh, I actually, my reaction to this one was I didn't think this was that bad of a performance. Like, I mean, what do you do when Zion Williamson does what he did in this game? Um, he was 13 of 17 shooting and got to the line 12 times in this game. The Wolves tried a lot of different things to slow him down. They tried uh, being aggressive with smaller players, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, uh, Troy Brown Jr. They tried Jaden McDaniels on him. Uh, they tried playing zone. And there really wasn't an answer. And this was just like, 
the mode that Zion goes into where he takes contact, like literally it's, it's incredible. He gets to within 10, 12 feet of the cup, just kind of like th- jumps over you and then throws. It's, it's weird. He's like a, it's like a pogo stick. The elevation is just so sudden and it really has sudden athleticism. And then the ball just goes straight up and straight back down through the basket. It's, it's just an incredible thing to watch. Um, how good he is when he's within 10 feet of the basket at just making shots. And like there's when he's in his own like that, there's only so much you can do. And I, I want to get a little bit more into the weeds on on some of the, you know, statistics and things that I felt like um the Wolves did well and didn't do well in this game. But my like ten thousand foot view of this is hey, sometimes you get beat. And the Wolves didn't have Anthony Edwards and they were competitive throughout. You know, they were only down four going to the fourth quarter. They, you know, were down fifteen in the fourth, got it back to like nine or ten at one point. Um, and kind of hung around and, and just never quite figured it out. And, and sometimes you just get beat. So uh, like overall in terms of game flow, like it was a rocky first half tied after the first quarter. Uh, Wolves were down seven at halftime. They had a terrible close to the, the second quarter. I forget what the actual run was, but the, the second half of the second quarter was bad for Minnesota. Should have been a four point game at halftime, but they gave up uh, a tough three from the logo. I think it was, Br- I can't remember who made the shot. Uh, I think it was Brandon Ingram. Um, that's going to bother me. I'm going to look it up real quick. But uh, it like overall, it was just really the close to the first half that was a killer for the Wolves. Um, and occasionally, that's been a problem this year for Minnesota, closing out quarters, and, and, and it was here. Um, that's the end of the first quarter. I'm, I, I like, this is really bothering me. I have to make sure that that's who it was. It was Brandon Ingram. I knew I had that right. Brandon Ingram made that shot at the end of the second quarter, and, and it was a seven-point game at halftime. And then, uh, like, first half, Carl Anthony Towns was great for Minnesota. He was the only Wolves player in double figures. I think he had 15 and 11 at halftime. By the way, he finished with 17 and 12. So, yeah, 15 and 11 in the first half and 5 and 1 in the second half for Carl Anthony Towns. More on that in a minute. But Cat was the only offense in the first half. Like, nobody else came to help. I think Troy Brown missed. I know he missed all of his threes. I think he was 0-4 in the first half from outside the arc. Uh, maybe 0-5. Rudy only played, like, five minutes in the first half because of foul trouble. Played three minutes of the first quarter before he was off the floor with two fouls. Conley didn't really get going to the second half. Nikhil Alexander-Walker never really got going. Uh, Nas did a little bit here and there, but it was mostly second half. Like first half was really cat and nobody else. And the Wolves were still only down seven at halftime. And then they were typically, they're typically strong selves in the third quarter. Um, they ended up a plus three. Jordan McLaughlin made a, a shot from beyond half court at the buzzer. Otherwise it would have been a net, you know, flat third quarter. But they actually played really well for most of the third quarter. The biggest issue was the ungodly number of fouls that they committed. Um, like for the game, like you could look at the game box score and be like, okay, well, you know, New Orleans shot 40 free throws, which is nuts. And the Wolves shot 19. So the Wolves are a minus 21 in terms of free throw attempts, minus 16, excuse me, minus um, 17 in terms of made free throws. But in the third quarter alone, New Orleans had an 18 to 2 advantage in free throw attempts. 18 to 2. They were in the bonus before 3 minutes had gone by in the in the third quarter. And that's a hard thing to come back from. And the Wolves were still a plus 3 for the quarter despite allowing 18 free throws to only 2. They were a minus 16 in free throw attempts in the third quarter and still won the quarter by 3 points. So, like the third quarter for me other than the fouling, which is I get it a significant part of it, like offensively, there was actually a bit of flow. The ball movement was, was, was reasonable. Um, and, and 
Also, credit Chris Finch. He put Jordan McLaughlin in the game. McLaughlin hadn't played in nearly a month and put him in the game when, when the offense stagnated a little towards the end of the third quarter. And he played well, um, had a couple of hustle plays defensively and just kind of it just feels like the ball rotates more crisply. Passes are just snapped off cleaner. Like the the whole like um, ins and outs of the offense, the Wolves, the Wolves just it's just more of a well-oiled machine with Jordan McLaughlin on the floor. And and I thought that that was a savvy sub for Chris Finch. And outside of a flurry again to end the quarter for New Orleans, it was a strong third quarter for Minnesota. And uh, a few other guys got involved, like Troy Brown hit a three, which was nice to see. I, I think that's when Jane McDaniels kind of like, well, that's also when he he um, he had like that moment where he just like lost his mind and in multiple possessions in a row. He was just trying to like, um, or I get no, I guess it was second quarter when he had like three, four bad possessions in a row where he tried to do too much. There were a couple of those moments in, in his return to the floor, which is understandable. But the third quarter, um, it just it felt more like the Wolves. And then now you've got a four point game going to the fourth. The Wolves get momentum after the. The, excuse me, the McLaughlin made shot at the end of the quarter. And it felt like, hey, this is like, here we go. This is going to turn around. Um, and then it never really fully turned around. The foul trouble continued in the fourth quarter. Um, you had Rudy picking up a fifth foul midway through the quarter. You had Carl Anthony Towns struggle. Like he only turned it over once, but he um, began to feel there was a bit of that stray voltage coming through when the Pelicans were doubling him and frustrating him. The Wolves did not space the floor well around him for much of this game on the offensive end, which again, they're so used to having Anthony Edwards on the floor. And it's not really an excuse. He's missed effectively three games at this point anyway, prior to this, and they've won all those games. So, um, but like, I don't know what it was. It just, the offense felt flat in general and the spacing was not strong for much of the, for stretches of the game. Still, the Wolves hung around and like it, it kind of lingered between, you know, nine and 14 points for a big chunk of the fourth quarter. And ultimately there was a solid three, four minutes of garbage time towards the end. But um, like, again, this was more about Zion just going nuts and the Wolves being unable to stop him than anything else. I want to talk about key takeaways next. I'll talk a little about the foul stuff, um, and the free throw dif- uh, uh, d- disparity, I guess you could say. Um but also more about Zion. All that stuff next is part of the key takeaways, and then we'll close the show with individual studs and duds. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors over at Game Time. If you're not familiar with Game Time, well, let's just say this. If you're looking to get tickets to anything, whether it's sports, music, comedy, theater, whatever it might be, you don't have to worry if you're buying tickets last minute. They have killer Game Time has killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from receipt, plus a best price guarantee. They take the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for everything. They're the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. Game Time allows you to see the view from receipt before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Their all-in prices show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. They are obsessed with fi- help finding ways to help you save money on tickets. GameTime also has zone deals where you pick the section and GameTime picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. Plus, the GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code Locked on NBA. That's L O C K E D O N N B A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price 
guaranteed. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown Plus, our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, uh, key takeaways from this one. So, number one, the most obvious is that the non-Anthony Edwards offense continues to struggle. There's not much flow to it. And, like, early the Wolves just missed some open threes. Um, and the Pelicans were aggressive defensively. I talked about this in my keys on, on Monday's show. New Orleans was top 10 in turning opponents over, depending on where you look, ninth or 10th in the league in terms of uh, opponent turnover rate. So they 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 do a good job with that. The Wolves only turned it over 11 times in this game, which is acceptable. Like, you can live with that number. But there were a couple of bad ones, and it didn't, like, the, the defense that the Pelicans, or excuse me, the, the pressure that the Pelicans defense put on the Wolves offense did not necessarily lead to a bunch of turnovers and fast breaks the other way, at least not with any, you know, significant frequency. It was more, it was more, um, it sped the Wolves up and forced them into some tough shots. And and the Pelicans played a faster pace than Minnesota. They're very comfortable playing fast. They came into this thing 12th in the league in pace. The Wolves were like, I think, 19th coming into the game in pace. And New Orleans pushed the pace early. The Wolves kept pace for a while. But eventually, with no Anthony Edwards and uh, with uh, just some of the challenges the Wolves always have in terms of just playing playing fast, frankly, with this team. They just don't always play fast well. Some of that's transition defense. Some of it is just uh, the offense isn't efficient enough to keep pace if they're giving up shots on the other end. The Pelicans sped up the Wolves' offense, and and they know New Orleans hasn't been a great defensive team overall for this season, um, but they made life difficult on Carl Anthony Towns. Again, double-teaming him, frustrating him, getting into him with smaller players, and uh, not necessarily leading to turnovers. Um, you know, it did a few times and cat, I think had just actually not, I think he just had the one turnover for the game. Um, but forcing the wolves into shot opportunities that New Orleans was more than okay with like those McDaniels possessions that I referenced where he decided to go ISO ball. Um, you know, when cats passing up an open three, um, for a, a slightly less open three from a worse three point shooter that happened a couple of times in this game. Um, if Cat's dishing it to Rudy, you know, Cat on the block gets doubled, so he passes it to Rudy. Like, they would rather Cat shoot a contested, or excuse me, they would rather Rudy shoot a mostly open 9-10 footer than Cat shoot a double team 6 footer, frankly. Like, right? Like, Cat scored a couple times over double teams, and, and you know, Rudy made one kind of push, shot, put shot from 10 feet out, but then he shot a couple other jumpers in this game. Like, New Orleans will take that, Right? so it was more and that's the whole like I mean if we want to get super like oversimplification station right now like that's that's what NBA defense is about right you're never going to completely shut down the other team it's about forcing them to take the shots you want them to take so for the Wolves trying to keep Zion out of the paint make him into a jump shooter ideally you keep him out of the paint overall but at least keep him away from the rim keep him away from the restricted area from the you know five feet around the basket uh for the Pelicans it's just don't let Cat shoot uncontested shots from anywhere and uh, make the Wolves move the ball from side to side, right? With no Anthony Edwards, it, it's a pretty, like, I'm not saying that the Wolves, it's, I'm not saying it's simple to defend the Wolves with no Ant on the floor, but it's a lot easier because you're really only dealing with Cat and then making the Wolves beat you. And here's what's the, frust the frustrating thing. The Wolves still have enough offensive talent with no Anthony Edwards, 
that they should be able to win most nights, as they have without Ant previous to this game. All they have to do is stick to the plan offensively. And I talked about this in the pregame, in the uh, preview on Monday when I did uh, keys to the game against the Pelicans. It was be crisp, clean, patient offensively. Don't turn it over a bunch. Don't allow them to dictate terms. Um, If you just get the shots the offense is calling for, you know, run the play for Cat. If it's not there, swing it, get the open shots. Early in the game, the Wolves did a good job with that. They just missed a few too many shots and they were down seven at halftime. I thought the offense was okay, even if it was a little bit uneven. Second half, New Orleans sped Cat up. They sped things up um, overall for the Wolves offense and Minnesota just got sloppy with it. McLaughlin for a minute, not a minute, literally, but for for a minute in the terms of the game, um, provided some stability there, but it just wasn't lasting. Um, and that was that was one big issue in this game. Another key takeaway, obviously the fouls, and this is a bit of a, um, there's multiple factors for this, right? Like New Orleans does a good job at drawing fouls, um, and, and obviously Zion Williamson does. They came into this game 10th in the league in terms of, uh, actually no, 6th in the league in terms of free throw rate, New Orleans did. And of course, Zion Williamson came into the game attempting more than seven free throw attempts per game. Also, by the way, he was only 64% at the line coming into this game. And for his career, like he's not much better. And uh, sure enough, he makes 10 of 12 free throws in this game. And New Orleans shoots 40 as a team. Again, sixth in the league in free throw rate. That's still only, uh, how many is that? 25 free throws per game. And they shoot 40. The Wolves actually have done a pretty good job of not fouling this season. They were top 10 in terms of least fouls committed as a team and fifth in opponent free throw rate. Now I've talked previously and that this is a little bit of the, um, of the regression here. The wolves are like 10th in free throw or in a personal fouls, a personal fouls committed per game coming in, but only fifth in opponent free throw rate or, or our fifth, not only fifth. Uh, well, yeah, that works. So all that to say they've committed with the number of fouls they've committed, you'd think they'd be giving it more free throws, but the Wolves have picked their spots. They've also been a little bit lucky. They've they've gotten away with a lot. Like the Wolves generally have a, a, a philosophy of playing physical defensively because like, I don't know that they would ever say this, certainly not publicly, but like there's something to like make, make the officials call the foul, right? Be physical with them. They're not going to call, you know, 30 fouls a night, right? In general, that's true. Here it worked against the Wolves because... New Orleans is so good at drawing fouls. Zion is so good at drawing fouls. And uh, with no Anthony Edwards, and I guess a half step slow in this game, like it was a bad formula for the Wolves to then allow 40 free throw attempts for the New Orleans Pelicans in this game. Um, And there you have it. I mean, like that's the difference. Last, actually here in a second, I'm going to throw up the, some of the stats for the game, basically even across the board, except for free throw attempts. And that's how you end up with the 14 point loss. Um, so it, it was kind of a chickens coming home to roost in terms of some, some luck earlier this year on not, on not allowing that many free throws based on the number of fouls the wolves are committing. Also new Orleans, a perfect storm of them drawing a lot of fouls. And then the way the game is officiated, like I'm not, I'm not at all blaming the officiating that the wolves did not deserve to win this game. Uh, but there was no flow to this game. And like, that just makes it, it makes it harder to watch. It makes it, uh, you know, a 121-107 final when neither team actually was that good offensively it, other than Zion Williamson. Like, he himself was good. Nobody else in the Pelicans really stood out to me. Um, it was more a function of stop, start, stop, start, tons of foul calls, and then Zion going nuts, and that was kind of it. Uh, that, that was kind of it. Um, last thing, I thought the Wolves battled in this game. I thought they like they battled in the glass. That ended up being even. 
Uh, they kept it close. They didn't fold when they easily could have. Um, when this thing, you know, hovered into double digits, I, I actually, as I said, right at the start of the show, was pretty happy with with happy is not the right word. Well, yeah, I mean, happy with the Wolves' response in this game and their stick to itiveness, and uh, you can't win them all. This is this like and Zion's an incredible player. The Pelicans are they got a real shot at being a top five seed in the Western Conference if if uh, they stay relatively healthy. First time the Wolves have seen them full strength, and of course the Wolves weren't full strength. So it is what it is. Um, you know, you'd like to see a little more offensive flow. You'd like to see them follow less on defense. But this thing was still a relatively close game until late. Um, even though it was hovering around that double digits figure, I want to talk about some of those box score stats I mentioned and, and how it was essentially even. Like field goals, three pointers, points to the paint, um, fast break points, all that good stuff. Pretty even in this game. Free throws are the biggest issue, and then and then we'll talk individual studs and duds for this one here as well. That's how we'll close out the show. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Of course, a couple of big upsets on Monday Night Football. Uh, the Giants beating the Packers by a single point. Um, actually, I think they were both one point. Or no, the Giants won by two points, I guess. Um, and then the the Titans beat the Dolphins, I believe, by one point two. So a couple of fun, close games. Hopefully, uh, you were you're hopefully you're betting underdogs um, on Monday night if you were over at FanDuel. Of course, NBA action throughout the week as well. The Wolves don't play again until Thursday, but tons of fun bets to place at FanDuel. And the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the second portion, or really the final month, I guess, of your NFL season and nearly month three of the NBA season as well. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. All right. Uh, let's talk about some of the box score stuff here before we do individual studs and duds, because I think this is pretty interesting. So uh, the Wolves in this game, field goal percentage obviously is not is not equal. New Orleans shot the ball better than the Wolves from the floor. New Orleans shooting the ball nearly 49% from the field, as you see there on your screen, if you're watching on YouTube. That's, that's a big number, and it's not something we're used to the Wolves giving up this year, except for like the Phoenix game and... Um, uh, was the other one? I guess the Atlanta game in Game Three of the season, uh, and there was one. Other, I guess the Kings game, right? Like, there's a handful of those games where the Wolves have struggled defensively. This wasn't quite to that level because, again, outside of Zion, and actually, I could have done that math. You take out Zion, and uh, that field goal percentage plummets. And and obviously, like that's that's kind of a that's not a real thing you can do. I mean, CJ McCollum was eight of fifteen, but like they did a good job on everyone else, and for the most part. I thought help defense was good. I thought I thought shot contests were mostly good. It was just, you know, uh, Zion's incredible. And they committed too many fouls. But made field goals. Each team made 40 shots in this game. The Wolves actually made three more three-pointers, as you can see there on your screen. So, so um, or actually, I flipped that around. I flipped those stats. The Wolves actually did make three more three-pointers. They were 13 of 36 from outside the arc. The Pelicans were 10 of 27. Um, so I actually just completely... Uh, mess that up on the graphic, but the Wolves actually made three, three, three more three pointers in the game. The rest of those numbers are right, though. The Wolves turned it over two less times than New Orleans. Rebounds were equal. Fouls. Minnesota committed eight more fouls than New Orleans, and of course, New Orleans attempted forty free throws to the Wolves' nineteen. So, Minnesota won the three point battle. 
They won the turnover battle. Um, they three point battle, turnover battle, and they made the same number of field goals. Obviously, the percentage wasn't as good, and yet they still lose this game by fourteen points. Um, they also were only a minus six points in the paint. They were a plus four in fast break points. Like you go on down the list, they. It, this wasn't like a complete drubbing as the final score might indicate. This was more um, Zion being Zion and the Pelicans getting a bunch of free throw attempts. Um, and it, 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 like I said before, it kind of is what it is. You just like at some point the Wolves need to have some flow, something they can go to with no Anthony Edwards. Um, and it, because obviously, hopefully Ant is back soon and doesn't miss any more significant time this year. But uh there, there still should be some sort of answer, something that it, it didn't matter. Like they beat Utah, you know, by 11 or 20 or whatever it was a week ago. And they held Utah to 90 points and they beat, um, you know, who else did they beat without Ant? Um, whoever they beat last week, they beat the Spurs with Ant. Uh, well, I guess Ant left early in the Memphis game on Friday. They beat Memphis easily, right? But it's not going to work against other playoff teams um, as it didn't work in this one. All right. Um, individual studs and duds for this one for the Wolves. Like, really, uh, a lot of times this year, it's been hard to think of duds. There actually weren't that many players that I thought were were plus players in this game. Like, if I could take Carlton Towns first half, absolutely, right? Second half, not so much. Second half, he had five, point one, five points and one rebound, and he fouled out in just 33 minutes of this game. Um, I'm going to say Mike Conley's a stud. Um, he had 17, 7, and 5, 6 of 11 shooting, 4 of 7 outside the arc, when the Wolves were trying to battle back, he hit a couple of big threes late. He had a three-point, old-fashioned three-point play as well. I thought he played well defensively. I thought he did a good job. So I'll give one to Mike Conley. Um, I'm also going to give one to Nas Reed. Um, a, a little bit of an uneven game from him again, but I thought he played well, especially in those extra minutes he played because Rudy was in foul trouble, which is so unusual. Uh, both Rudy and Cat, of course, were in foul trouble. But Nas had 17 and 6 in this game. 7 of 15 shooting, 3 of 7 on threes. He struggled to start from deep, which was a continuation of issues over the past couple of weeks in terms of his three-point shooting, which was you know quickly crashing back down to earth after shooting 50, 40, 90 over the first five, six weeks of the season. Um, but he was 3 of 7 from deep in this one and had 17 points. I thought he played well. I'm going to give my third stud to Shake Milton, his first ever Timberwolves stud, stud here on the Lockdown Wolves podcast. 12 points on 4 of 10 shooting. Got to the line a couple of times, had five assists, only one turnover. I thought he did a pretty good job running offense, and he actually did. Like He was the only guard on the floor, basically, for stretches, especially in the first half, um, where Finch was just kind of like, hey, Shake had a good game last time out against Memphis. Let's just, like, clearly Chris Finch is trying to get Shake Milton going. He was so excited to have Shake part of this team, you know, given all his quotes in the offseason and training camp, and he's struggled obviously, uh, but was good in this game, I thought. So my studs are Nas, Shake, and Mike Conley. Again, great first half for Cat, not so much the second half. Rocky performance for Rudy Gobert, not entirely his fault, uh, given the some of the ticky-tackiness of the fouls in this game. Um, a rough game for Troy Brown as well. I, I You know, two and nine shooting, one of seven on threes. Um, I would have liked him to be a bit more physical defensively. Um, I don't really, like... I don't know if I'm going to pick a pick duds in this game, which I guess I have to, because that's the whole point of the segment. Um, I don't know. I guess I, it's tough. I guess you, I hate to go Rudy. I guess you got to go Rudy eight and eight in 25 minutes. and just couldn't stay on the floor 
picked up a couple of frustration fouls or one in particular, I guess, late after he got um, probably could have gotten called. There should have been a foul called when he had a dunk attempt. Then he gets his own rebound, gets stripped cleanly, gets frustrated and uh, kind of shoves whoever it was to the floor on the Pelicans. But uh, not a great game for Rudy. If I'm going to pick a second, it's probably Troy Brown because like basically all those threes, except for a couple of super deep ones he shot were open and he just missed them. Um, you know, it's, He's been great for the Wolves over the past couple of weeks, so it, it is what it is. It's just not a great game for Troy Brown. Um, that's kind of it. I mean, like, uh, again, I, I've said everything I could really say about this one, and hopefully, it, like, the Wolves have had a couple of these games so far this year where you, you take a step back and you go, man, that's tough, but hey, they'd won a few in a row before this, right? And uh, hopefully they bounce back. And last year, it felt like it never really happened in that way. This year, it absolutely has. And, and the Wolves have responded well to losses. You know, they started one and two, and they ripped off um, eight straight wins. Then they lost. They won three in a row, lost again, won six in a row. So, I mean, the schedule obviously is much tougher now. At Dallas on Thursday, you get two nights off on the road before they go to Dallas on Thursday. Um, home for Indiana, one-game homestand, uh, which are not great. That's Saturday night against the Pacers. And, uh, you know, Indiana, of course, one of the best offenses well, certainly the best in the league right now. And then you get at Miami, at Philadelphia, home for the Lakers, at Sacramento, at OKC, home for Dallas, home for the Lakers, home for the Knicks, uh, or at, sorry, at the Knicks, and then the Pelicans again. That's all the way through January 3rd. So that every game between now and January 3rd is against a team that is absolutely expected to make the playoffs, right? Dallas, Pacers, Heat, Sixers, Lakers twice, Kings, Thunder, Dallas, uh, Dallas twice, I guess, the Knicks and the Pelicans. So uh, it's a it's really a murderer's row at this point. Now, thankfully, there's only one back-to-back in that list of games, and that's uh, December 20th and 21st, next middle of next week. Um, but it's a tough stretch. So, you know, taking a half step back, like there's, uh, they got to, they got to, they got to pick things back up here Thursday and we'll see if Ant's ready to play or not. It wouldn't shock me if they gave him one more night off, like give him a full week from the reaggravation until he plays or I should say the aggravation from the hip injury. Perhaps he takes off Thursday in Dallas and then comes back to play the Pacers Saturday at home. That's probably what I mean, you know, obviously I don't know as much as the, as the team doctors do, but that would seem to be smart to give him another couple of days off. Uh, but we'll see what ends up happening. Of course, we'll be back on Wednesday. We'll do a full show and then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have, um, you know, dig into a, a bit more in terms of lineup data and stats. Thursday, we'll do a preview of Wolves Mavs. We have not seen the Mavericks yet this season, and they've had uh, an interesting go of it so far. So we'll talk Wolves Mavs on Thursday's show. Um, and of course, Wednesday, we'll also have the Minnesota Basketball Party. So be sure to, to follow and subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Get that on YouTube, and then you'll also be able to listen to it here in the Lockdown Wolves audio feed. All right, that's all we have for you today here on the show. A big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms and also on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on X at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.